At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with Joas Souza, a Brazilian photographer who is currently residing in the UK. Joaz is a real estate photographer and he does an absolutely wonderful job. We talk about the business side of things, why it's really important to take this genre seriously if you want to pursue it professionally, and much more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, Joas. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. The pleasure is all mine. My name is Joa Souza. I'm a Brazilian-born photographer based in London. I specialize in architectural photography, and I hope that in this podcast I can share some interesting things that can help your audience to learn a little bit about architectural photography and also aerial photography, which is my passion. I'm really excited because I don't have any experience in architectural or aerial photography, so I'm sure that I'm going to learn a lot and the listeners will learn a lot as well. 
Let's dive into your gear. What camera equipment do you use? Well, I have two kind of equipments. I have a 35 millimeter, which is the Sony A7R Mark IV, and a bunch of lenses, uh, tilt shift lenses, Canon ones. And I also have a medium format uh, Fujifilm GFX uh, 50S, which is the best camera that I ever used. Also with a bunch of lenses and adapters to use two shift lenses. You can ask why, why I have two cameras. I would say that for, well, the GFX is a much slower camera. So for something that I have time to do, I have the patient and the whole job deserves a medium format quality. Uh, yeah, I go for the Fuji. But if it's something quick and a very tight space, the Sony one is the one I can I normally go for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And for your aerial photography, do you use those cameras as well or do you use a drone? For the photography, now I use 80% of the time, I use drone. I used to do a lot of aerial photography for most of my life, actually, I used to use the helicopter. And with the helicopter, of course, you use the, ideally the medium format camera to get the best quality of the image. But with the drone, things got cheaper and easier to fly. Of course, when you use the helicopter, it's way more fun. For me, it's the, it's the best, like the fun, the most fun photography you can do which you, you you hanging from the helicopter, photographing the world from above is incredible. The drone does the same job, but it's cheaper. Of course, it has your limitations. Of course, like a drone, you can't fly above 120 meters. If what I'm photographing is like a huge area and, I, and to get the whole thing, I need to fly above 120 meters, I have to get a helicopter. Otherwise, the drone is doing the job most of the time. Mm-hmm. It, it costs way less, and you you can do any time. It's, 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 you don't, you, you're not relying in helicopter availability to fly. You rely basically on the weather and the wind spinned, uh, and also, of course, the air traffic conditions uh, where you're going to fly. But yeah, the drone, 80% of the time now, unfortunately, 80% of the time I'm using the drone, 20% is the helicopter. I can imagine that it's exciting to be on a helicopter. As you said, it's probably very, very cool and unusual to see the world from that angle, from such a yeah. high angle, to take photographs and take your time with that. But I totally understand why you need to use a drone most of the time, of course. Yeah, I used to say that helicopter is better than a roller coaster. It's just like the best roller coaster you can have in your life. It's like your, your your best experience. It's just cost a lot. Like if you say, like in London, for instance, uh, London, you can only fly in London using a twin engine helicopter for mm-hmm. safety reasons. And a twin engine helicopter here costs about fifty pounds per minute. <gasps> yeah, so it's imagine when the, when the engine turns on, it's already counting. So oh it's fifty goodness. pounds per <laughs> minute. Uh, we're talking about uh, one thousand eight hundred pounds per hour. 
is a lot of money, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Of course, most of the people, when they hire you to do aerial photography, use an helicopter, this money is, is, is on the budget, you know, so it's fine. But you have to be careful because every minute counts. You have a limited time to do the shots and you have to have the experience of getting up there and do it right. So it sounds like a high pressure environment, which makes me think about your initial introduction to photography as a business. When you moved mm -hmm. to London, you started working for a marketing design studio as an in-house photographer. And there you had to work with extremely tight deadlines. And I'm sure that was also very, very high pressure. What advice would you give to photographers working in an environment like that? Well, first to work under such a pressure and be able to deliver what they're looking for, you have to have the experience and be ready to, to face any situations you can find. You probably, you're going to have like jobs where you're going to photograph amazing products, amazing properties. And the next day you're going to, you're going to have like a horrible property with terrible lighting and you have to find out a way to, you know, get some good shots. So you basically have to be a very skilled photographer to find a solution for every situation you're going to find. If the property has a good lighting, of course, you don't need external light. You can just find the best time of the day to shoot that space. But if the lighting is not okay, you have to bring flashes. You have to find a way. You have to have a good camera, uh, especially a good camera, to work with the highlights, with a good dynamic range. That's why, for me, dynamic range is very important because I tend to use natural light most of the time. So if you have a camera with a good dynamic range where you can push the highlights and the shadows without any loss of quality, yes, you can, you can deliver good shots in any light situation. But yeah, to work under very high pressure is basically skills and an experience. And that's something you take because photography is about you get experience as much as more as you do. So it's practice. So more you shoot, more experience you get, more ready for any situation you're going to be. When I start shooting for them, I already had about 10 years of experience photographing properties in general. Because I had this experience in my background, I could be quick shooting anything, anytime, and bringing good shots. Of course, that's something, as I said, you have to have the experience. Otherwise, except when I left the company to become a freelancer, they, they hired a new photographer, which was a fresh guy. He was photographing for a, a year. And they start complaining straight away because I left the company, but we're still friends. They said, Joas, this guy, they, they, he, he does quite a good shot, but something that you could do in one hour, he takes the whole day. And we can't, we can't afford to have like one day to shoot one property. We need more. And they say, yeah, man, this is, this is what happens. It is about experience. You know, you have to be quick. And mm. to be quick, you need to have that experience. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's great that you had that experience before you joined the company, because then you were able to confidently work for them. And mm -hmm. something that I found interesting was that when you mentioned that when you take photographs of properties, 
you sometimes have bad lighting and you have to work with that. There's nothing you can do in portrait photography. You can move your model around. You can shoot on any other day and it's a bit more flexible. But with yeah. photography, I imagine, yeah, you really have to be able to adapt to any situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm telling you, even in London, in the North Hemisphere, like in Europe in general, you know, when is the winter comes, the sun sets at, well, in London is 3.50 in afternoon. So you just have a few hours of daylight. And sometimes the sun doesn't even hit the facade of the building or the, or the house or the property during winter. Then you have to find a way to shoot that property without a sunlight. Then you can choose to go dusk instead of sunlight. You can do like an amazing shots doing dusk. During the summer, the sun sets at 10 in the afternoon, 10 in the evening. So, and you're not going to stay until 11 to do a shot. So there's no chance to do a dusk shot. You have to work with daylight all the time. So all these things change how we're going to shoot. Sometimes the building is not very attractive. So maybe a dusk with lights you know and the and the light tracks of the car the cars passing by can give you a more dynamic some image yeah it's every case is a different case you just need to have the skill and the experience to look at that property and say yeah this can be shooted at this time of the day or this is going to work with dusk shot or something it is a challenge in every every case yeah, I completely understand that. It sounds like a science. <laughs> it's just it a, is a science. Yeah, it is a it is a science. Basically, you have to be the weatherman, the weatherman to know how the weather is going to be the next day. You need to know where the sun is going to rise, where the sun is going to set in every season. So you know, okay, this property is facing southwest. Okay, southwest. So it's afternoon shot. It's not a morning shot. You know, it's facing northeast, so it's a very morning shot. You know, all these small details you have to be aware. Otherwise, you, if you get there any time, you not get there the time where the sun is hitting the facade, for instance, or hitting the side of the project that you need to shoot. So there's a lot of planning to do a proper a proper shoot, especially when you're doing using natural light most of the time. That's incredible. And you got a lot of your experience and knowledge from your father, who takes photographs, mm -hmm. and then your mother is an architect. And you assisted your father when you were a teenager and ultimately ended up moving to London to start your own business, as we mentioned earlier. What is the yeah. most important lesson you learned while assisting your father? I can tell that is don't be an average. That's how he said, don't be average, son. Try to be the best one you can be. The world is full of average photographers and these average photographers, they never make money. They never, they never, they always work to pay the bills. They do what they love to do, but they do an average job. And when you do have a job, you never stand out. If you never stand out, you never get real money to have a comfortable life out of photography, which is a challenge for everybody. That's great advice. And I'm sure that gave you a lot of motivation to do your best even at a young age right yeah absolutely and another thing he taught me and i used that's why i became successful in my field is you have to treat your photography 
really as a business. If you don't treat as a business, you don't have a business return. I see a lot of people, they love photography. They do very good shots. They have an amazing equipment, but they never manage to make money out of photography enough to leave the main job. And the reason is because they don't treat photography as a business. They just treat as a passion. Okay, of course, you have to be passionate about what you do, but you have to do, you have to think about the business side of your, or your photographs. Otherwise, you're never going to make real money. And that's my advice that I took from my father and I give to everybody. Guys, you have to think about the business all the time. If you want to open a popcorn shop around the corner, you have to think about the license, the licenses that you have to have. You know, you have to manage your stock. You have to manage your accountants. You have to manage your marketing. You have to manage all the insurances that you have to have to have your popcorn shop around the corner. Same thing with the photography. You have to think about every aspect of your, your, of your business, how you're going to market yourself, how you want the people to perceive you, you know, how, what kind of, what the depreciation of your equipment, the insurances that you have to have, liability insurance, public liability insurance, insurance of your, of your equipment, all your expenses. All those little things have, has to be taken in account. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Your market, your social media, all those things. Otherwise, it doesn't work. I could see my father looking after all those things and being successful on his, his photography business. And I try to do the same for myself. And that's, the, for, for me, the biggest advice that I carry forward. Treat your, your photography with passion, of course, but treat as a proper business otherwise you're gonna you have a hobby return for a hobby activity mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's a really wise way to approach any business you need to take it very seriously and you need to take into yeah. account all those things that you said all those details yeah absolutely like your your presence online is crucial crucial i have a fine art printing company here in london and sometimes my public is basically professional photographers and digital artists and of course i have photographers coming to the studio every day to print stuff and because i'm also a photographer we always end like talking about photography as well and it's, it's amazing the amount of photographers they come to me and ask joe how, how is business how is photography and i said Wow, it's great, man. Busy as hell. How about you? And oh, it's it's been very hard for me, Joe's. I buried have like assignments and, and work to do. And say, well, man, well, wh- why do you consider it good on it? Oh, I do portrait photography. Say, well, where are you based? Oh, I'm based in, in Manchester. I say, okay, let me do a quick search here on Google. Portrait photographer Manchester. And, well, you're not on first page. You're not in second. You're not in third. You are not, not even in third page on the biggest search engine on the planet. How do you think people's going to find you? Word of mouth? Yeah, word of mouth works. But you have to have your online presence. 
you have to be able, people have to be able to search for a portrait photographer in Manchester and find you straight away on first page on Google. If you're not there, you're off. So, and the person, yeah, George, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, you're right. You have to think about this. Yeah, I think, yeah, you have to really think about this. I personally have a lot of people coming to me from Google, you know, from Bing, from search engines, looking for architecture photographer in London, then they find me on the first page straight away. And that's how every photographer should invest, you know, to be on first page. This is key for everyone. Be on first page on the biggest search engine on the planet. That was actually how I found your work. I was looking for architectural and real estate photographers and you popped up. You were one of the first. I see. See, it it proved that works. (laughs) Exactly. Proof that it works, everyone. Joaz is saying real facts. He's stating real information that needs to be taken seriously. And it's very, very helpful information as well because... Of course, you need to have a strong social media presence and Instagram and everything if you have a business, but also those search engines, as you mentioned, they're super important. And that can make a big difference in your work if you're on the first or second page. I used to say you have to put your seed everywhere because the plant might grow where you last expect. Uh, For example, some of my biggest clients, they are property asset managers like companies that manage billions and billions and billions of pounds in property all over the world these people they don't find photographers on instagram they found photographers online you know they go they go sometimes on google they search for an architectural photographer or real estate photographer they see who is in the first page they check the portfolio see the consistency see the quality of the work and get in touch. Another kind of clients, yeah, they might go through to Instagram and look for photographers on Instagram. So you have to have a little, you know, presence everywhere in every way people can possibly find you. So be a good presence, have a good presence on Instagram, on Facebook, on social media in general, and also on search engines. Very good advice. I have a more technical question. So you said that it's important to pop up on search engines, especially on the first page. How do you do that for your business? Do you work with a special SEO company or do you do everything yourself? Well, well that's, a, that's, a, that's a good topic and very long, actually, but I'm going to make sure to, to the get bored. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what I advise everyone is to hire a proper company who manage SEOs. They're going to do like they're going to check your website and see everything that has to be fixed in order to be readable for Google and be on first page and rank, not first page, but rank on search engines. In my case, I had my website already done. I, I designed my own website. I hired this company. I remember that back in the day, I was paying Google AdWords to be on first page. But Google AdWords, for especially architectural photography is very expensive it's about a pound a pound 50 per click Mm -hmm. so if you have a budget of let's say 30 pounds per day 30 pounds per day is 20 clicks and after 20 clicks you're off 
And £30 times 30 days a month is £900 in AdWords. Is a lot of money with very little return because, as I said, you only have 20, op- 20 clicks per day with this budget. So for the first six months, because when you start working with your AO SEO, it takes about between three and six months for your page. When everything is done, it takes about three and six months for Google to recognize your page as, in my case, as a photo- architecture photographer. So I paid Google AdWords to stay in first page anyway for six months. In the meantime, I hired this company to basically reread my website and do everything that needs to be done in order to rank on Google organically. So after six months, I could see myself on first page without the AdWords. So I stopped the AdWords and I basically became, I started to appear in first page uh, after this whole SEO thing. One thing about SEO and photographers is very different from a shop. If you have a shop selling goods, you have new items every day. So you have to constantly managing your SEO for every item you add in your website. Photographers, we don't add new photographs every day in the website. You just add the good ones, like your portfolio ones. So how can you keep your website active without adding images every day? Because if you leave your website static, Google immediately see, oh, this guy is not active in his business and your rank is is starting to go down. One of the good things you can do is to have a blog in your website. So the blog is where you're going to post what you're doing, what you're buying, what you're trying, what you're shooting, what you're planning. All those things is how you keep your, your, web, web, your website active. And that's how I've done. I've been on the first page on Google for the past, probably we are in 2023, for the past 10 years. And I just need a company to do my SEO on my first six months. That's it. Everything else was just maintenance, just keeping the maintenance, just keeping when I'm uploading uh, an image to my website, I make sure all the metadata is filled up, all the keywords are there, all the descriptions are there, all my information is there and keep the blog active. And of course, every time you sell your images or you have an assignment, you always ask your client to, when publishing your images, to also in your credit, that's something nice, in your credit, use the credit as a backlink. When the viewer see the credit, like photo by Joe Souza, the Joe Souza is already a link to your website. And those links, which is called backlinks, it helps in your rank. You know, there's, there's a lot of tricky things you can do. But yeah, like answering your, your question, I firstly hired a company SEO company to read my my website and improve my website and then and then it was just a matter of maintenance that's incredible thank you for sharing all that information I feel like I took an SEO crash course just now (laughs) (laughs) thank you that's so interesting and so amazing that you just needed to invest some money in that agency or the company 
the SEO company. Uh, and then after that, you just had to do all the maintenance yourself and you saw results. Yeah, yeah. Most of the SEO companies, when you hire them, they want to sign a contract to like to do monthly, uh, monthly SEO in your website. But photographers, we don't need monthly SEO because we don't add, as I said, like a shop that we add like goods, like items every month. You add maybe five images to your portfolio every month. That's not much. That's something you can deal with. I recommend anyone to, yeah, do like a small, a small contract, maybe three, four, five, maximum six months. And then you do the maintenance. You don't need a, a monthly contract, not at all. Great. Thank you so much. I think it's very helpful. Just general SEO knowledge is good, but then when it's specific to photographers, it's even more valuable, I think, because there are differences, as you said, between selling goods online and just presenting yourself as a photographer. is a big difference. The most important thing is to don't leave your website static. If you leave your website static, you kill your website. For Google, if they see a static website that's not updated monthly or weekly, ideally daily, Google thinks, oh, this guy's out of business. He's not even, his website is dead. There's no, there's no ads or there's no addition on a website. So your rank starts to go low and low and low and low and low. So have to keep your website active all the time. Yeah, it's definitely something to be taken seriously. As you said, if you want to be a professional photographer, you have to take care of all these things. And it's a, it's a whole job. <laughs> it's Absolutely. You yeah. really need to balance. Absolutely. It's a whole job. It's a full-time job, not only photographing. And not only photographing, you have to take, take care of the business. Ideally, Taya, if you see the biggest photographers in the world, the most famous ones, they have someone to deal with the business, right? They have probably a wife, a husband, a brother, or someone who look after the business, and they are just committed to photograph, which is the dream. But not everyone has the luck, you know, to have someone to look after your business and understand your business, so you can just travel the world or just just be concentrated photographing but ideally yes to have someone to manage your 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 business otherwise you have to do it yourself and you have to be done properly yeah the key done. is that it needs to be done properly not just done not just have someone assist you and just do kind of a good job but it has to be done properly every single time yeah yeah absolutely absolutely that's key that's key i keep banging on this you have to look after your business. Otherwise, you have hobby returns. If you want to make a good living out of photography, yes. And it's important because, honestly, it's very frustrating when you do what you love, you deliver good work, a good shot, but you're still struggling to have a good living. And the reason why is just about the business. PhotographyCourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. 
I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. I'm curious to know, you worked with an agency or a company, you worked for a company for a while as a photographer, and then you decided to start working as a freelance photographer. What prompted you to make that decision and what, in your opinion, are the benefits of being a freelance photographer? Well, the benefit to me is you you managing your own time, of course. You manage your own time. You don't have anyone giving you orders. And you, you have time to do your personal projects. It's not something to everyone. To be a freelancer photographer, you have to be a little bit of entrepreneur. Again, because the business. If you don't know how to run a business it's better to be employed by someone and work for an agency where you have your salary in the end of the month, you have stability, and you don't need to look after the business. You just need to look after your photographs and and get paid, done. But being a freelancer is, again, you have to have your entrepreneur side very flourished. you You know that your success depends only on you. And this for me is key. My father, which was my mentor, he always been freelancer. I never, I, since I born, I never saw my father working for anybody. He was always working for himself. And I could see the freedom that you have when you work for yourself. You know, you can you can take the holidays when you think you can have your holidays. You can you can reserve a time of the year to do your personal project if you if you want. And this is this is for me is is key. I had to work for for the company for a market design agency for a few years because because the visa that I had that time was a working visa and the working visa was five years so I had to work for the company otherwise I couldn't stay in UK after five years I could apply for my resident permit and and yeah immediately after I got it I appreciate I appreciate the time I've been here. Thank you for the opportunity to work with you guys. But now, from now on, I'm going to be a freelancer. And of course, we can still work together, but as a freelancer. And it's the best thing I've done. It. It's amazing. It's so great that you had a plan for yourself, first and foremost. You knew your goals, your long-term and short-term goals. And then ultimately, you became exactly who you wanted to be as a photographer. And it's also great that you had your father as an example of that. And I agree. I think being a freelancer in any industry provides a lot of freedom, but you do need to have self-discipline, which I can see that you do. Yeah, to be honest, it took me, I left the company, it took me about two years to, to you know, get 
jobs on weekly, daily basis. And I knew that's going to happen because when you work for a company, that's a downside of working for a company as a photographer. Uh, because you are employed by the company, the credit of the images is not yours, it's the company. So everywhere your images will be displayed, you're never going to have the credit. The credit is the company. So people don't know who you are. They, they know your images, but they know who you are because the credit isn't in the company name, not yours. So I knew that when... I left the company, I had to go after every client and say, guys, listen, I'm off now. I'm working as a freelancer. So I am the photographer of those images. If you need photography, you know, give me a shout. So I reserved, I make like a, a financial reserve for two years because I knew that it would take two years to have regular jobs. And it was exactly two years. After two years, I worked my SEO. I started being first page. I remade my network with the clients and yeah, the jobs start to flow. Amazing. So if you work for a company, they don't credit you? No, 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 never. They never credit you. You can see when you open a magazine and that photographs, which is by like photographs, they're being purchased by stock photography. The credit is Getty. For instance, if the picture was purchased from Getty, you have photo Getty, never the photographer name. And that's terrible. But that's how it works. If you're employed, the company takes the credit, not you. Fascinating. And also discouraging if you want to build your own network and then expose yourself as a photographer. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah, but on the other side, when you work for a company, because you have regular jobs on a daily basis, you have the chance to, to enrich your portfolio much quicker. And that's an advice that I give to anyone who wants to start a career as an architecture photographer. Work for agency. Work for agency for maybe one, two years, because you're going to have a lot of work. Of course, they have the credit. But the image is yours. You can use your, the image in your portfolio. So in two years' time, you're going to have your stability or your salary, and you have jobs every day. Some days, you're going to have shitty jobs to do. Some days, you're going to have amazing sh uh, jobs to do, amazing properties to photograph. But it, this will give you the chance of shooting every day, which is amazing. Because as I said, photography is practice. So if you're practicing every day, your chances of getting better quicker is higher. And second, every day you're going to face a new challenge. You're going to sharp your skills and you're going to add new images to your portfolio on on weekly basis. So after two years, your portfolio is going to be quite big and you can say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm, very, very good advice. There are pros and cons to different to those two things, to being a freelancer mm -hmm. and working for a company. But your approach sounds very wise to me. I think it's a great way to build a portfolio, as you said, and to get that necessary practice to be a better photographer. Yeah, absolutely. If you're starting as a photographer, I'm talking about architecture photography because fashion is another thing. Fashion is a different field. But in terms of architecture photography, for instance, if you start your career now, you're not going to have jobs so soon. 
You know, you have to build your network, you have to build your SEO, you have to rely on another source of income, you know, to keep going. But if you work for an agency, then it's a different story. You have your stability and you have your, you have something to shoot every day, you're good. And as I said, after two years, maybe three, depends, you can judge, you can look your portfolio and say, yeah, I have a good portfolio now, you know, and I build a good network of clients yeah, I can leave and be a freelancer. Yeah, it makes total sense. And when you produce photographs for a company, for a client, is there anything specific that when you look at your image, you know that it's good? What stands out? Of course, it has to be detailed and clear, and the dynamic ranges you mentioned earlier should be quite big. But what other elements need to stand out in order for you to know that this is a good photograph that I took? Well, it's all about the brief that you're going to have from your client. A good brief changes everything, right? Because you might have one vision of the product, but the architect has another one. And maybe your client is not an architect. Maybe your client is a property developer. You know, a lot of my clients, they're property developers, and they want to show the, the property the best way possible. And that leads with me. Because they, are, they don't know about photography, they know about the property, the value of the property, how much money they can make out of the property. So then you have to do the best you can, depending on what kind of, of project it is. But when you're photographing for an architect, then it's a different story. You have to listen what the architect wanted to achieve on that project. What's the whole idea? What's the whole concept? What, what is the material that he, he used in that product and how he want to emphasize that particular material or particular design and then, and then get the shots done. You know, the, the brief is very important. It can be a building, it can be an airport, it can be a house, it can be an office, you know, it can be a hospital, it can be so many things. And of course, how do you know when you've done a good shot? is when you know that through your lenses, you capture exactly what the architect wanted you to, to achieve. Then is the goal. When you have the feedback from, your, from the client, you show the images and the client say, wow, it's amazing what you've done. Then you know you achieve that. If you didn't, just go back and do it again until you get it done. While I was looking through your work, I saw a few photographs uh, of interiors in which there were people moving. So you can't tell who they are. You can just see that there's motions. And those images really stood out to me. And I'm sure that your clients were very satisfied with those shots because the interior feels very much alive. And I like that you use these different elements to make these fantasies that these architects have into reality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, having a person, when you're photographing for an architect, you have to have a person in the shot. You have to. Because you can cheat very easily with wide-angle lenses, make a very small space to look huge, you know. But when you have a, a human being in the shot, you give the sense of scale. So it's very important to have a human being in the shot. And normally I blur the person because... The interior is already a static subject. If you have a person who is also static, I think it just looks boring. So if you have a person slightly moving, slide just give you this feel, this sense of dynamic 
it's slightly blurred in action. Something is moving there. I think it makes the image way more attractive. Yes, I agree with you. I really like that. It gives the image a painterly feeling in a sense, but it also shows you the reality of the building. And as you said, creates a sense of scale. And mm -hmm. when it comes to the editing side of things, do you edit your images or do you hire someone to do that for you? The images that go to my portfolio, I normally edit myself. But most of the images that I do, which is not going to my portfolio, I, I have a company who does, who does my, my post-production. Because post-production is very time-consuming, Taya, for me. It's very time-consuming. And this time is, is very important to be manage my business. So as more as you can to delegate things to third-party companies to do for you, better. So you have more time for your photography. You have more time to manage your business. As I said, post-production is something that is time-consuming. Those hours has to be productive in another way. If you can trust someone who do your post-production, of course, is another expense that you're going to have because you have to pay that person to do your post-production. But on the other hand, you have more time to develop more your business and shoot something else. So, yeah, I have someone, I have a, someone, I have a company, a team of people who do my post-production in most of the, 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 the time. Just, just the special, very special images that I want in my portfolio. This one, I spare some time and I process myself. I see it as a wise investment. As you said, you will have more time to work with clients while someone is editing your work. So you'll be able to mm -hmm. make up for those expenses and earn even more money potentially. So collaboration yeah. is definitely very important, as you said. Yeah, as a photographer, as any photographer, we have a very limited time to make money. We have only seven days a week. Every day has only 24 hours. And imagine that you have, let's say, let's do some maths here. Imagine that you charge 2,000 euros per day to shoot something. So if you charge 2,000 euros a day to shoot a project, the maximum, if you have a, a job per day, 365 days a year, you know that you have a limit of income, right? You have a limit because your time is limited. So you have to make the best out of your time to, to increase the revenue. So if I have one day to shoot and I also have to do my post-production, it means that I, in, in five days of a week, I don't have five days available, which reduce my chances of having, of having more work. If you have like a day to shoot and probably another day to do the processing of your images, it's two days. So it makes a week enough to only two jobs or maybe three jobs. And that's terrible. But if you have someone to your, do your post-production, then you can maximize the time and do another shoot when you're supposed to do your processing. If you give something your time, you'll be losing out in some other way. And if you spend yeah, yeah. time on editing and doing everything yourself, then you will lose a lot of time and essentially you'll be losing Exactly. Out. Back in the day when I, when, I didn't, when I didn't have someone to process my images, and it was like spending hours and hours and hours, I thought I was just wasting time here. 
You know, I could like, I could be right now posting new things on my social media. I could be contacting new clients. I could be, I could uploading new images to my website. I could be writing article to my blog. I could, I could be doing so many things, but I'm here processing 30 images. You're going to take, I don't know, four, five, half a day to shoot, to do that. And I had to change. I say I have to find. That's very challenging as well, is to find someone who knows your taste, who know how your image has to look and have consistency in every processing they do for you. But once you get there, once you find that team or that person, then you're good. Then you stick with them, you know, have a good relationship and yeah, keep it going. Yeah, it's like when you hired that company, the SEO company, and they did the work for you for for six months. And then after that, you were able to do everything on your own and you were able to maintain that consistency. I think the same mm-hmm. applies to editors. If you find someone good, then you can maintain consistency with them. Then you will see really good results in the long term. Because I'm first page in Google, so I receive everyday people offering to do my processing. Oh, we are a company, blah, blah, blah. We do, we do, we process images in, in record time. We process a thousand images per day. When they say I process a thousand images per day, they are off. <laughs> they probably <laughs> don't spend a, they don't spend a minute in the picture, in the, in the, in the file. So I'm not interested. Most of them, they are not consistent. Uh, they said, okay, send, send us a sample, you know, send a couple of images so we can see how we work. And I send to them and then they normally come back with like really good post-processing. The next job is not so good and the next deck is not so good. There's no consistency. So it's a real challenge to find people who who, who can do this job properly. I found I found a team three years ago and ever since we, we had a very good relationship. Once in a while, we have like a video conference to discuss about everything that can be improved. You know, it's, it's been amazing. It's a very like time saver for me. Yeah, no, it's amazing that you have that. And it's also part of the business, finding good people to work with. You can't just uh, hire people who yeah. process a thousand images a day. <laughs> you have to delegate. You have to delegate as much as you can. Because as I said, if you don't have someone, a friend, a wife, a husband, a, a brother, I don't know, to manage your business for you and be your business partner. If you don't have the luxury of being a photographer and having a business partner, you have to try to delegate. You have to delegate as much as you can everything that could be time consuming for you. You know, if you, if you can have someone to manage your social media, have someone to manage your social media. If you can manage, find someone to do your post-processing, yeah, hire someone to do your post-processing. Of course, you have to pay those people to do those services for you. But at the same time, you're going to have more time to find more work. So it's a win-win. It's an investment. You know? Exactly. It's a win-win situation. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that uh, aerial photography is your passion. What advice would you give to people who want to take better aerial photographs? There we go. Now, you know, this new generation is very lucky because we have drones, you know, and the drone is very cheap to buy, very cheap to maintain and quite easy to fly. 
I'm saying this because back in the day when there was no drones, not so long ago, the only chance of doing aerial photography was hiring an helicopter or, or airplane. And this cost a lot of money. So just a few lucky fortune photographers in the world could afford to practice air photography, hiring an aircraft, not for a job, but just to get the experience. Now with the drone, you know, you can buy maybe a DJI Mini 3 that makes amazing photographs and just fly and, and try. The, one of the most important things about air photography is get good references. Search who are the best air photographers in the world and see how they work, how they What's the aesthetics of the image? You know, we have to be very good in aesthetics because looking beauty from up there is very different from looking beauty from down here. You see a valley, you know, from the ground is very different from seeing a valley from the air. So get have good references, like good aerial photographers. Let's say Jan uh, Arthur Bertrand, is one of the is an amazing aerial photographer. Ben Hard admire another amazing aerial photographer. Get books from these guys. Look how they work. You know, look how they how they frame. You know, things from up there. References are very good to have, and practice. Get the drone up and practice to learn about the weather, how how the atmosphere can interfere with your images, you know, if you have a hazy day, it's not going to work. You have to have a sunny day. If it's windy, you can't fly, get your license first, get your license as a drone pilot, because when you, a drone is very easy to fly, but having a license, it will make safer to fly. And you pay attention of in another things that you don't pay attention when you don't have a license. Uh, it's just like driving a car. If you drive a car and you don't, and you never have a course how to drive a car, you don't need, you don't know how to to read the the traffic signs. Once you have a course, you know how to read the traffic signs. The same the same thing with the drone. When you don't have a course, you just you just know how to fly. But if you have a course, you know how to read the weather, how to read this the wind. You know how to read the atmosphere. And that's key for your safety and the safety of the public. But yeah, answering your question, just practice, practice and practice and practice and have good references, you know, from good photographers around the world who does aerial photography. I like that you said that you need to have references because understanding what makes a photograph aesthetically pleasing is important. It's not something you can always learn in theory, although there are ways to do that, of course, but seeing actual aesthetic photographs, especially aerial photos, can really help you develop your own style and understand what works and doesn't work in this kind of genre. Something that makes aerial photography very interesting is to find geometry. Geometry and working with the aesthetics of the image. Jean Bertrand, for instance, he did an amazing, amazing project called The Earth from the Air. He was hired by United Nations to photograph the planet. So imagine what a dream job. 
Canon is sponsored with the cameras and United Nations responsible with the helicopter. So he flew the whole planet photographing everything from the air. His book for me is one of the biggest references in terms of aerophotography. The Earth from the Air. I recommend everyone to get this book. It's beautiful, beautiful. And yeah, definitely help you to understand how things should be shot from up there. There's another photographer, this one that I mentioned earlier, Bernhard Edmeyer. He's actually a Hasselblad ambassador. And his shots are just, I think, it's just like, is it special? He photographed like waters, natural things. And if you have the chance to flick through his books, there's one book called Water. And, and it's breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. Thank you for those recommendations. I will link to them in the show notes. So make sure to check out those photographers as well. If you need inspiration to anyone who's listening, I will definitely take some time to look at their work as well. It's always a pleasure to see new photographers work and to, especially when it comes to aerial photography, it's, uh, as you said, very yes. breathtaking if it's taken correctly. One thing that I normally say is have good references. Reference a key, but don't copy them. Use them as an inspiration to do your shots. One of the most important things that a photographer have to achieve in his life, his life is visual identity. So when you are a photographer, you have to achieve a consistency. And I would say like a trademark when people look at your images and say, oh, this was taken by that photographer. It's like a signature. And if you get inspired by another photographer's, but you're copying exactly what they do, you're never going to have your signature. So get these guys as a good reference, as an inspiration for your shots. But try to find your own style, you know, trying to find your own way uh, to compose your images, to create the look that when people look to them and say, oh, this was taken by that photographer without looking the credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think it's so important definitely to have inspirations, but to also develop your own style. And it's a fine balance, but I think it's something that can be done. And... Yeah, it's uh, something that I have experienced in my own life, taking photographs, finding inspiration, taking certain elements from other photographers' work, and then creating my own style as a result of that. One more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? I want photography is what I'm going to leave behind. So it's my legacy. So I'm doing the best I can, photographing as much as I can, because this is going to be all that I'm going to leave behind when I, you know, passed away. I have my own image bank today online, which is the londonstockphotos.co.uk, which is not architecture photography, it's mostly street photography. But it's still photographing those amazing projects all over the world, all over Europe. I want my grand-grandsons to know who his grand-grandfather was. You know, it's my legacy. That's one. I want to leave my mark as a photographer. That's my goal. That's a beautiful answer. I think you are already continuing the legacy very well from your father. And I'm sure he's very proud of you and of everything you're achieving. And mm -hmm. I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I learned so much about architectural photography thanks to you. 
And I really wish you the very best with your journey as a photographer. Thank you, Ty. Thank you. I thank you for the opportunity of this no speaking to you and with your, your public. I hope I help them to, you know, understand a little bit more about how to how to make a good life out of photography, how to be a good photographer. It's very rewarding when you can do what you love with passion and have a good life out of that. This is this is key. And any as any artist. It can be a painter, it can be a photographer, it can be a writer. This is a big challenge. And for everyone who wants to achieve, I say, yeah, look your photography as a business properly, you know, and achieve a good life, a good lifestyle, doing what you love. That's, that's, that's key. It's pointless to do what you love and just paying bills. Yes, brilliant advice. Thank you so much for your time. Pleasure, Taya. Hope to see you soon. I loved speaking with Joaz. I think he has such an interesting way of approaching his business. He is very determined, very persistent, and very serious, which I really admire and respect. I hope that his determination inspires you to be more serious when it comes to your photography business, if you have one. And if you don't have one, I hope that this sparked your interest in real estate photography. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to find out more about our podcast, if you want to join a supportive community, then make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. See you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day, which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.